Welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearson. So glad to have you in the house today. We're going to pray together and then get right into the Word of God. Father, we love you and worship you as a congregation today, watching this all over the world. We come into agreement because we know there's no distance between us. There may be miles naturally, but spiritually, Father, we're coming together around one thing, one person, and that's the Lord Jesus. We're coming together around your Word. And as we do, we believe we receive from you eyes that see Jesus, ears that hear his voice, hearts that understand who we are in Jesus, who Jesus is in us. And we commit to you today, Lord, that whatever we see from your word, we will believe it, we will walk in it, and we will be changed by it. We give you all the praise, all the thanks, and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to go back together to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31. We began uh, a new series of broadcasts last week. We're talking about faith in the goodness of God. And we're in Jeremiah, uh, specifically here, the 31st chapter. We're going to read several verses. And I want to remind you again, though, even though we're, we're going Old Testament today, it doesn't matter where you open this book to. If you allow the Holy Spirit to, he'll show you Jesus on every page. He'll show you Jesus in every story. He'll show you Jesus uh, from the front to the back, all the way in between. And so that's what we want to have eyes to see today. That's what we prayed for. That's what we're in agreement for. And that's what we will have. Jeremiah chapter 31. Let's read our verses again, starting in verse 10 and read all the way down to verse 14. I'm reading to you from the New King James Bible. It says in verse 10, hear the word of the Lord, O nations and declare it in the isles afar off and say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd does his flock. And if you want to just write out next to that, Jesus is my good shepherd. In verse 11, the Lord has redeemed Jacob and ransomed him from the hand of one stronger than he. Therefore, they shall come and sing in the height of Zion, streaming to the goodness of the Lord for wheat and new wine and oil for the young of the flock and the herd and their souls will be like a well-watered garden. They will sorrow no more at all. Verse 13, then, the, then shall the virgin of the young girl shall rejoice in the dance, the young men and the old together. I will turn their mourning to joy. I will comfort them. I will make them rejoice rather than sorrow. And here's 14, verse 14, I love this. I will satiate the soul of the priests with abundance and my people. Somebody say, that's me. My people, I am God's people. You are God's people. You got to put yourself in this verse right here. He said, my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. My people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. We're talking about faith, but not just faith in general terms, specifically faith in the goodness of God. God is good. And I imagine if I were to just ask you right now, is God good? Do you believe God is good? I would dare say that most of the people watching this broadcast would probably agree, yeah, God is good. And there may, there may be some that have a different opinion than that. But if you go back to who God is and who God said he is through his word, you find out that is, that is what he is. That is who he is. He is good. He is 
definitively good. He is as good as good gets. There is nothing, forgive me here, but gooder. There's, there's nothing better than our good, He than our God. He is a good God. But I know you would probably agree with that, but then there's a flip side to that question. And it's not just me asking you, is God good? It's me asking you this. Are you actively expecting his goodness? Are you expecting to see the goodness of God? Are you expecting God to be good to you? Not just God to be good, but are you expecting him to be good to you? And and we touched on this in last week's broadcast, but I want to say it to you again. Whatever good God will do for you comes only out of the good that God has already done for you. And that's why I so love this verse. And there's, a, there's so many places throughout the scripture that we could have started from. If we just wanted to talk about the goodness of God, we could, have, we could have really started in so many different places. But there's something very specific that I see here in Jeremiah 31 that I want to draw your attention to. Again, let's look at it one more time. Verse 11, the Lord has redeemed Jacob and ransomed him from the, one, from the hand of one stronger than he. So you have your, your redemption and, and the ransom that was paid. We talked last week in the broadcast called Bought and Paid For, how that's you and that's me. We have been bought and we have been paid for with the blood of Jesus. And the greatest news about that is that is what gives you your value. The price that was paid for you is what determines what you're worth. And nobody else can determine your worth, you included, because you didn't pay for you. Nobody else paid for you. Nobody else bought you. And so they don't get to determine what you are or are not worth. The one who bought and paid for you is the one who gets to determine what you're worth. And if you're worth the precious blood of the Lord Jesus, you're worth that because he said you're worth it. And if you're worth that to him and him only, then that's good enough because nobody else gets to determine your value. He does because he bought you and he paid for you. I mean, you think about it. You go out and you buy something, you pay for something, and you're willing for whatever reason to pay a high price for it. And you so enjoy this thing, you so appreciate this thing, whatever it is you bought and you spend a thousand dollars on or ten thousand dollars on or whatever, and somebody else comes along and sees it and they find out what you paid for it and they think, Are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? You paid that for that? And they try to tell you it's not worth that. Well, what are they saying? They're saying this thing is not worthy of the price that you paid for it. Here's the deal. They can think that if they want, but they didn't buy it. They didn't pay for it. You did. And so you're the one who gets to determine what it's worth. And if it's not worth that to anybody else in the universe, but you, that's all that matters because you bought it. Well, that's the same thing that's true with you, with me, the ones that have been redeemed, the ones that have been ransomed, have been bought back by the blood of Jesus, he called you worth it. So why would you call yourself unworthy? That's what we say to God when we say this stuff. I'm unworthy. You're saying I'm unworth it. I'm not worth it. 
And he's saying, I love you, baby, but I'm sorry. You don't get to decide what you're worth. I do. I paid for you. You've been bought and you've been paid for. Now, the reason I bring this up and and really camp on this is because Jesus doing what he did for us, going to the cross, going to the grave, going into hell itself and raising up victorious over it, there was no greater display of the goodness of God than that right there. That is the greatest demonstration of the goodness of God that God has ever shown towards humanity. All of humanity past, all of humanity present, and all of humanity future. That is the greatest display of the goodness of God towards you and for you is what Jesus has done for you. That's God being good to you. Jesus going to the cross is God being good to you. Jesus dying in your place is God being good to you. Jesus going into the grave so you didn't have to, tasting death, spiritual death for you is God being good to you. Jesus being raised up on the third day, victorious over it, come on somebody, is God being good to you. That's his goodness towards you. Now check this out. Hold your place in Jeremiah. But look at this verse in Romans chapter eight. I love me some Romans eight, man. Some people get high on drugs. I get high on Romans eight. This is, it just doesn't get better than this. Listen to what it says in verse, well, just look at verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Do you catch what he's saying there? I know it's kind of some some wording we might not use so much today, but notice what he said. He who didn't spare his own son. What's he saying? God did not withhold Jesus from you. In other words, there was no limitation to the goodness of God towards us. His goodness didn't extend only so far and then fall short when it came to giving us his best. No, his goodness went all the way through to giving you Jesus. And when he gave you Jesus, this says, how shall he not with him freely give us, how many things? All things. How is God not gonna give you what you need if he already gave you Jesus? What's he saying? He's saying whatever good thing you might need now or need in the future, the good news is that was already covered in the good gift that he gave you when he gave you Jesus. That's why I say to you, whatever good God will do is rooted in the good he's already done. Oh man, that gets me so excited. That gets me so stirred up to think about whatever, like whatever Sarah and I need in our marriage whatever we need in our family. And man, I'm telling you what, there's some things that we are trusting God for. There are some things we have put on our vision list and keep in front of us. And we're thinking bigger than we ever have before. We're believing bigger than we ever have before. But it stirs me up to think when I, when I look at those needs, when I look at something that maybe I'm insufficient in, when I look at that, if I'll take a break from looking at that and turn around and look back at how good God has already been, And like I said to you last week, go all the way back to the cross 
He's never been any better than he was then when he raised Jesus from the dead. All his goodness to us, for us, through us, it comes out of him being that good then. And if he was that good then, he'll be that good now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So that's why verse 11 talking about the goodness of God starts with our redemption. It starts with our ransom. He bought us, he paid for us. That is God's goodness to us spiritually. We've been spiritually made alive, born again from death to life. That's God's goodness to us. But listen to me, it, it doesn't stop there. It only starts there. And it goes from there into verse 12. You do realize verse 12 comes after verse 11. You realize that, right? And it, like almost all the way through the Bible, it's just like that. What am I saying to you? I'm saying, keep reading, man. I'm saying, take these truths, put them back in context, find out what's around it, before it, after it, and get some revelation out of it. Verse 12, after you find out that you've been ransomed and redeemed, and you've been bought and paid for, then it says, they'll come and sing in the height of Zion, streaming to the goodness of the Lord. The New Living says radiant because of the Lord's good gifts. So not only is God good, but he does good. He is good and there, because he is good, therefore he does good. And the good that he does comes out of the good that he is. Are you still with me? <laughs> the good that he does comes directly out of the good that he is. Oh, thank you, Jesus. They will come radiant because of his good gifts. And what were those gifts? Wheat, new wine, oil, he said, young of the flock and of the herd. So not only is his goodness towards you spiritually, but that same, that same goodness that ransomed you and redeemed you and bought and paid for you is now providing for you. The same goodness that brought you from death to life spiritually will bring you from death to life physically, will bring you from death to life financially, will bring you from death to life relationally, will bring you from death to life in any other natural or physical element or arena of your life. That's how good he is. And the goodness that he wants to do in you physically, materially, financially comes out of the goodness he has already done for you spiritually. Amen? Man, I, man, I wish I could hear you. I feel like you're shouting amen right now. I wish I could hear you. But listen, I want you to see that these things are connected. I want you to see that these things are not separate from each other. And when you start talking about the goodness of God, you've got a lot of people that would uh, mentally assent. What do I mean by that? They, they would agree verbally. Yeah, God's good. Is God good? Yes. And you've even got whole congregations where the guy stands at the platform, the pulpit and says, God is good. And they all shout all the time. And he says all the time. And they say, God is good. And that's wonderful. But I'm, I'm asking you to go a little deeper with that. And I'm asking you, how good do you say he is? How good are you expecting him to be to you? And I would go as far as to say, that we could look and see what's going on around you right now. What's going on around me right now? 
What, what do we have? What do we not have? What do we need? What are we sufficient in? What are we insufficient in? And there are so many people that are so dissatisfied. Remember, we're talking about what he gets to here in verse 14, being satisfied with the goodness of God. So many people, so dissatisfied in this life. And I, I, if that's you, I would say this to you and I would say it humbly, but I would say it, Lord, help me with this. I would say it to you and I hope you would hear my heart in it. But if you look around your life and you see nothing but dissatisfaction, I would ask you this, what were you expecting? What were you expecting? That's what I'm calling this broadcast today. What were you expecting? Because I can, I can take you back. If I can answer, you can answer for me what you were expecting. That's the reason you have what you have in your life right now. That's the reason either because of what we were expecting or what we weren't expecting. But these things, our expectation is directly connected to what we're walking in right now. I mean, I hope I'm saying this in a way you can understand it. Let me show this to you from scripture and the book of Psalms. Go there with me. Chapter 27, a familiar verse to you. I've got just a few minutes left here. Let's, let's look at this together in Psalm 27. What were you expecting? If you don't like what's going on around you, let me ask you, what were you expecting? If, if there's sickness in your body and it's just persistent and it's not leaving you alone and it's nagging and it's, uh, oh gosh, w- w- what's the word that it just keeps coming back and it keeps coming back and it keeps coming back and it's frustrating you, then let me just ask you this. What were you expecting? If there's persistent financial hardship and you just can't seem to get ahead in it. Let me ask you this. What were you expecting? Now, I don't mean that rhetorically. I don't, reme- I don't mean that in the sense that what were you expecting? It's supposed to be this way. No, no, no. I'm literally asking you, what were you expecting? In Psalm chapter 27, David said in verse 13, the last two verses of this Psalm, he said, and I, and I can hear this. He said, I would have lost heart. What's he mean by that? Basically, it just means I would have quit. I think maybe it's other translations that say I would have fainted. I would have lost heart. I'm going to tell you something right now. You can lose a lot of things and still be in the fight. But the moment you lose heart, you're done. You are done. You can lose a lot of stuff. You can even lose a lot of people. You can lose a lot of money. You can lose a lot of natural material things and still be in the fight. But the moment you lose heart, you're out. And David said, I would have lost heart. I mean, it got right down to the wire for him. I would have lost heart. I would have given up. I would have quit. I would have thrown in the towel. I would have got out of the ring. I would have turned my back on God and God's people. I would have washed my hands of this. I would have been done. How many of you right now are at that spot? Because of pressure, because of people, because of pressure from people, because of pressure from finances, whatever's going on around you. How many of you are at the place where you're so dissatisfied that you feel like you're on the verge of quitting? Well, before you do, listen to this man's testimony. He said, I would have lost heart. In other words, hey, been there, right where you're at. I would have lost heart unless I had believed 
that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David, why didn't you quit? Did did you see something good that kept you going? You, You finally got a prayer answered and you saw something good happen? He said, no, no, I didn't see it, but I believed to see it. And it was the believing to see it that kept him going. It was his believing. It was his faith in, specifically, in the goodness of God. Not just faith. Faith in what? Faith in the goodness of God. I believe he is good. I believe he does good. I believe he's been good. Therefore, I believe he will be good to me, to my family, to my ministry. Bless God. I'm preaching myself happy about it right now. David said, the thing that sustained me all the way through hardship, trial, and pressure was believing to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So then he says this in verse 14, in light of what I've experienced, in light of my own testimony, he's saying in verse 14, now he's talking to you. He says, wait, wait. I know you don't like that word. I know you don't want to hear it, but I guarantee you, you don't like it because you don't get it. The only reason you don't like the word wait is because you don't understand it. He said, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Isn't that what you need right now? More than you need a strong body, more than you need a strong bank account. Those things are wonderful and they're the will of God for you, but nothing is more important than a strong heart. Because when your heart's strong, you don't give up. When your heart's strong, you don't throw in the towel, you don't don't quit, and you continue to expect. That's why he said, wait on the Lord, be a good courage, he'll strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, why would he use this word wait? And why would we so fall short in our understanding of it? The word wait does not mean folded arms, foot tapping, like you're sitting in a doctor's office for an hour and a half waiting for them to get to you. That, that's not the kind of waiting that he's talking about here. You look at it, and even in the Amplified, the Amplified says, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. See, waiting in scripture isn't just passive killing of time. Waiting is expecting. Waiting is hoping, not just wishing, hoping, expecting. The life built on faith in the word of God, faith in the goodness of God, that yields an expectation of hope. What were you expecting? Because whatever you expect, one day soon, if you won't quit and you won't throw in the towel, you will be walking in it, praise God. And if you are expecting the goodness of God, you will walk in the goodness of God. God is good. Yeah, but how good? He's as good as you expect him to be. He is as good as you believe him to be. So what are you expecting? Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.